All right, so yes, another Gladly Global podcast that we're recording today. My name is Cody Blaine. Welcome to another Gladly Global podcast episode. Um, I am a Gladly Global team member who helps with um, social media. I write sometimes for the blog and, you know, do little stuff here or there. Um, I am currently based in France, somewhere in France, um, but I'm in Jamaica right now for the summer. And I study French and Korean actively right now. And then sometimes I'll dabble in other things. Today I have with me Roshane Bailey. Um, Roshane, please introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. Nice to meet you all. Uh, as Cody said, I am Roshane Bailey, and the languages I study are Spanish and French. I've been uh, in France too, just as Cody said. <laughs> I should be going back uh, in about October or maybe September. Uh, and I think that uh, studying languages is a wonderful thing. So we're just going to be talking about that today. Yes. <laughs> All right. So um, now Russian and I have been friends for a couple of years. We actually met at university in the French program at the University of the West Indies. <laughs> and that's going to be a fantastic segue into our theme for today's um, podcast episode. We're actually going to be talking about studying French in university. Wow. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> now, um, this is a, a cool topic to talk about, obviously, you know, um, having more perspective as a language learner is always valuable. But also, um, the Gladly Global Discord community actually voted to hear um, this podcast uh, theme. So, excited about that as well. Please make sure to participate within our Discord server um, where you can um, actually pick the content that you get to see from us um, and get to be a bit more involved in everything. So, um, right. So, talking about learning French in university, we know that learning a language in a classroom setting can be very different from self-studying, right? And I feel like on language, in the language community online, we kind of emphasize self-studying um, and kind of maybe look at uh, school-structured studying as kind of old-fashioned in some, in some ways. Um, but there can be a lot of benefit to it. There are people who really benefit from having that structure um, a lot. And that's benefit will go straight up to the university level where we get into some very specialized learning for languages. <laughs> so um, I guess the first question I'll ask Roshane. Roshane, you mentioned that you study, um, you studied um, Spanish and French. Um, first of all, why languages in the first place? Okay, when I just started doing languages, that was uh, about when I was in first form, I was uh, 12 that's when I started. Uh, first form in in sorry, just to, as, as for those who are not Jamaican in Jamaica, um, high school starts at grade seven, otherwise known as first form. At that time, I think I was twelve, so we could do with the age then if it's a <laughs> a bit difficult. Okay. Uh, so I was twelve when I started Spanish and French, and uh, I think that's where my love for it sparked. I think they they said that I I was pretty good at languages, and I think that that was the case. I was probably not as interested as I should have been in the languages, but getting good grades was a plus. So because I wanted to make my teachers love me more, because, you know, when you get good <laughs> grades, when you get good grades, your teachers will love you. So 
they liked me and I was like, okay, I need to keep this up. So I kept doing well in the languages. Uh, those were my highest averages ever in high school. And wow. I think I think that's where my love for the languages started. And so you did both? Yes, I did both from grade seven. That's when I that's started so both. That's so cool. Yes. That was the initiation process for both languages. <laughs> Uh, so, so for my um, journey, I think that I was exposed a little bit to languages in prep school, but not in any serious way. Um, so I was exposed to like Spanish. Spanish is what you're going to see common in um, yes. our region. And then maybe like a little extracurricular hour of French once. But uh, my actual first interaction with intentionally studying and learning a language was um, similar to Rasheen in my first year of high school um, when I was around 12 or so. And funny enough, um, I chose French because we had a choice between Spanish <laughs> or French and I chose French and it's, I, I wasn't actually very engaged in it. I chose it because I thought it was interesting and I kind of wanted to be different. Um, my mother and my sister, um, my older sister had studied Spanish and also I had been exposed to Spanish a bit before and I, I didn't really take a liking to it mm -hmm. in those contexts. So I was like, you know. Let me try French. Um, and I actually liked it. I found it very interesting. But I feel like, at the, especially at that time in, in, in my like life, I wasn't a very good studier. I was kind of, <laughs> you know, one of those people who kind of just was like, you know, their, 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 their bare minimum just happened to be enough to like pass through things or like even see my little bright or whatever. So I wasn't actually actively engaged in studying. It's the same here. I didn't care about studying. I just knew that. I don't know if I had a gift or something, but I didn't study for my first three years of high school. Right, so. exactly. I, I had some really bad awakenings with that once. <laughs> um, there's a story that I have, I've said during um, Gladly Global meetings sometimes, but there was actually a time when I went into a French oral exam and there was a question where the teacher asked, it literally translated, the, the question would be like, how is your mother? But you're actually supposed to describe her or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so the teacher asked the question and I responded, oh, she's fine. <laughs> and the teacher literally started laughing at me she could That's... not hold it in the it was just bad or i failed an exam once because i kind of um a t not an exam a test i failed a test once because i kind of breezed through it and i was like was that easy that's way easy then like five minutes before the test was over i realized that i actually messed up i confused two conjugation styles so you know, so I, not paying attention got me into a bunch of trouble there. But I think, um, and I think that that attitude kind of continued all throughout high school. And how I ended up in the French university program was a bit of a buck up. But before I go into that, so Roshane, you mentioned that you studied um, fr French and Spanish in high school. That's where your love of languages started. Yes. You did. Did you do? You did a Spanish major first or a French major first? Which was it? That's at UE, at the university level. Yeah, at University of West Indies, yeah. Well, I actually wanted to do a double major. So I started. It's kind of crazy. I don't know. These stories are crazy. I started with a double major. So I started with a double major in Spanish and French. Mm. 
the first time the first time I went to class, I think you were there. I think we had literature first. Did we? So we had a Spanish course in language and a Spanish course in literature. In French, it was the same. Mm. I went to the lit class, and uh, I think it was very difficult. Uh, I didn't understand anything that oh, was going God, on. I remember that. Yes. So, God. <laughs> so what I had to do was to say to myself, do I want to do a double major and not finish university in three years, which I should finish in three years? Or do I want to do something that's better for me? Well, not maybe not better for me, but better for my pocket. So I don't spend uh, more than three years at university. So I stopped doing French literature which would lead me into only doing a Spanish major and a French minor. Interesting. So that's how it went. <laughs> okay, so I remember, first of all, I remember that first um, class, that first literature class. For context, guys, um, coming in, you're supposed to have a level of, like, at least the highest high school level of French coming into the first year French courses. Um and I guess the same for Spanish as well. Yes. And our French teacher, she did not. She's <laughs> she did not speak any English in that class. <laughs> it was just French, and we we're talking about films and literature. And so it was a lot of new vocabulary that we had not been exposed to before. So it was a big learning curve. I remember if I didn't look at her lips as they were moving, I would not understand anything at all. And even then, it was really hard. So. Kudos to us. But one thing, though, I regret not having done a double major. Yeah? Looking back, I'm like, I could have been able to do this, but I didn't. Why would it have taken more than three years? I don't know. I was afraid. I was just scared. Uh, mm. I wasn't confident in myself. I didn't think I had enough French in my bones to do that. Mm. So I decided to get the easy way out, which was by doing a minor. You know, I almost had the exact opposite um, stumbling into things because I ended up taking French because I, you know, we needed to do a language course. And I, I, was, a, I was a bit of an overachiever in, you know, looking at my university um, course from the beginning. I was like, oh, I definitely want to double major in something because I'm thinking, you know, make the best use of the time or whatever, just like, you know, the thought that you had. And um, it wasn't going to be French at first, though. I just remember that... We started French and I ended up really liking it. Um, I, I I felt like I, I kind of cheated my way into the program because in a, a lot of ways, my French basics were not um, up to, to par. Like Because, you know, as I said, you know, high school was not active studying for me. I kind of just coasted through. Um, so they actually wanted to put me in intermediate. But then I came into the first year class and I realized that no one else knew what they were doing. And I didn't know what I was doing. So that means I must belong. Exactly. <laughs> right. So that's how I started it. And what, what pissed me off, because at first I was like, okay, let me just, you know, my chest too high. Let me just do a minor. Then I realized that to do a minor, you had to do all of the first year prerequisites anyway. I was like, what? So basically it took up all my time, all my space in my, all my extra space in my, um, my degree because I was doing literature. And then when I looked into it, it was like, the major was like three more courses than the minor. And I was like, nah, man, nah, I can't just give up all my free electives and then, you know, stop short. So that's how I ended up taking on the, um, the major. Um, in some ways it was, it was, 
I mean, I obviously had value because, you know, I ended up getting um that second major at the end of it. But there are ways that it was very stressful. So I don't. So even though you, you're saying now, Roshane, that, you know, you kind of wish you had pulled through. I mean, you still have the experience. You still have it on your transcript. Um, it's it's evident, you know, that you're very proficient. And I still got to be in your class. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you're... Um, you just might have saved yourself some stress. Um, but we'll get into that, whether or not we found the program worth it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get there, though, I want to ask, um, how did your family react? That's actually a question that one of our um, Gladly Global Discord server members asked. Yes. Um, we reached out in the group and asked if anyone had any particular experiences they wanted to hear about or any perspectives. And this is one of them. So how did your family react when you decided to go into languages? Let me just give you a precursor to that. I was a science student. So I did wow. <laughs> I did chemistry, physics, bio, and all of those crazy stuff. Geography. Mm. Uh, yeah. So I was in the science class. They separate us. Uh, sciences, business, arts. I didn't go to the arts class. I went to the sciences class. Mm. And at the end of high school, I said to myself, okay, I'm going to apply to do medicine. But, medicine. Yes. How the hell did he end up in France? Okay, go on, continue. continue. <laughs> but I guess I wasn't smart enough. I, I believe in the sciences, so I didn't get accepted to do medicine at the university. Mm. So what I did was to reapply to do Spanish and French through my department. I spoke to my Spanish teacher from high school, and she said, "Of course, you don't want to waste your Spanish because she thought I was." pretty good so you don't want to waste your spanish so i think you should do that double major it might be worth it uh that's how i ended up applying for it and my parents they wanted me to do something in the sciences Um, oh i mean i think in jamaica people are just crazy they always want that's a big deal in jamaica yeah they always want you to choose uh medicine that's what uh, most parents will want you to choose but I wasn't qualified, and uh, so they were shocked. Uh, they were a bit disappointed because even my first year, my mom was asking me about um, my medicine courses. I'm like, Mom, I'm not doing medicine. I'm doing oh, Spanish no. and French. That's wow. Yeah. Okay. And it wasn't only my family, but the people I had around me, they thought I was going to become a doctor. I was going to be studying medicine. So I think they were a bit disappointed and that made me feel awful. Wow. I actually avoided them when I saw them. I would avoid walking past them because they would ask me stuff about school and how my medicine courses were going. And I didn't tell anybody that I was going to be doing medicine. Wow. So it was very rough uh, coming out as a French, <laughs> as a French <laughs> and Spanish uh, uh, student at the university level. <laughs> No, but that's... No, I didn't know any of this. I've known you for years. I didn't know any of that. And it kind of gives me chills to think that you might not have been in the program exactly. if things had gone a different way. I'm kind of... I'm really glad that you were in the program, Roshane, or else we wouldn't be here talking right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that is that is intense. And I, I get that, you know, f- family and community expectations. So um, that was must have been a big shift um did they come around over the years because i mean you've graduated now you've kind of gotten the degree yes you're kind of doing things with it and we'll talk about those things in a bit um 
But yeah, so did they come around after a while? I think that happened when I went to Spain in my second year. I think it took two years for them to actually realize that I was going in a different direction with my career options. Mm. And I wasn't going to be doing medicine anymore. So two years into my program at the university, they Mm. were like, okay, that's what you're doing. And we accept you for that. Mm. In general, I think my, my family has been really supportive or... I mean, it's mostly my mom. Lucky you. My mom and like, you know, my very close parents or like my, maybe my stepdad as well, um, who I discussed, but really mostly my mom who I discussed, um, like, you know, life things with. And my mom has always been really supportive about, um, our endeavors. So she's, she's allowed us or gives opportunity to try a bunch of different stuff and, you know, try the instruments, try the dancing, try the whatever. And we weren't always able to continue in all of these different things for a couple of different reasons and whatever, what. She was, she tended, she tended to kind of just roll with it. So I think that, cause I actually originally was supposed to go to a university, um, in the U S, um, for theater, but then, you know, U S college is expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple other things didn't work out. So I actually went on a gap year right before I started UE. Um, and I did not intend to take up a French major. I didn't see myself as actually being that good at French or that passionate about it to take it up as a as a studying thing. But then um, what happened is that I was like, okay, I'm going to apply to you. I'm going to apply to the literature department because literature is kind of like my day one thing. Like I've always been a literature person. Um and so I said, I said I was going to do that. You know, parents were on board, you know, and, um, and then French came along as well. And it was a kind of like an interesting, like, oh, you know, you're doing, you're doing French. That's so interesting. You could work with the UN, you know, that's what everyone says. I feel like, you know, um, when you're invested in languages, they think that, you know, you can become a translator or work in the UN or, or so on. Um, and you know those are viable jobs as well. That 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 can happen, but that really wasn't my perspective um, of things. And then I will talk about how like those perspectives kind of. No, I guess we can talk about it now. Um, we mentioned earlier that we're in France, right, Roshin? Um, yes. We're actually we actually went to France on a program that we can describe later on for um later on you know when we get to that point, but. Basically, this program um, was maybe the first time that I guess people took Fran- French seriously for me. Not that I felt invalidated or anything like that. But the, f- the idea that um, people were beginning to understand like, hey, I did a whole degree in French. Um, I, can, I, I am now preparing to go abroad to live in a French speaking country, conduct all my business in French, live the French lifestyle. I think that that's a point where people were actually like, like, Oh wow. You know, you, you know, French. And I'm like, sometimes I do sometimes. (laughs) So I think that that is kind of how it felt in my space around doing a language in uni. Um, but what were your expectations when you started? So that was your family's expectations of you going into university. When you started it, um, how did it feel? What did you expect to get out of it? So on. Uh, honestly, I am unsure what I, I, I was thinking at the time. Because for me, it was kind of a last resort. I'm not thinking... Mm. I'm not of the same mentality right now but for me it was a last resort because I obviously did not want to be doing Spanish and French 
in university, I wanted to do medicine as everybody wanted me to do. I think mm. I was kind of brainwashed to think that while growing up. Uh, so it was very difficult. They told us uh, what options we had. So, of course, there was like teaching Spanish or French. Uh, there is translation, there is interpretation, and, uh, oh, you could work for the embassy, uh, you could work in foreign affairs and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, I could do one of those, but I still wasn't interested at the time. So I don't think I had a lot of expectations. I just knew that I was good at it and my grades wouldn't be too low and I would get a degree at the end of my study. So that's all I thought. My expectations were probably just low, sadly. Mm. Mm. Um, coming into it for me, I think that because and I still don't know what I want to do after you know <laughs> school actually concludes. I feel like both literature, even though I love literature, like that's actually a very big passion of mine. Both literature and French were kind of the last resort for me as well. In that I had a plan that didn't go through, and then this was my next option that I chose. Right. Um, and then with French in particular, I think one thing that was attractive, I didn't actually plan to, I, I don't know, I don't, didn't see myself actually using it in a concrete sense, but I definitely, um, once I became aware of the potential opportunities that doing the degree could offer me, I became interested in that, like, um, doing the teaching abroad program, like even for a year, I had that as an idea as of, you know, like a, like a, like after school or whatever like that, just as an experience thing. But again, like like you, I don't think I had that much expectations as, you know, how to make a life out of this or, you know, or you don't even have to get that intense, like just how to find, make this useful in my day to day, you know? Um, so I think we would be on kind of on the same like level according to that. Yes. I think I was just going around, uh, as we would say, like headless chickens. <laughs> headless not, chickens is not, correct. Not Bleeding knowing. everywhere, screaming, <laughs> everything. That was definitely it. Right. So, um, you came into the course, or French specifically, and I guess French and Spanish in this in the sense. I think you prefer Spanish, right? Of course, that's my major. We'll talk, <laughs> right. We'll talk about that in a second. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, I still grudge you for that, you know. Anyway, continuing. Um, <laughs> you talked about your expectations and how low or high they were. Um, what was the actual experience like when you came in? Did you find the second wind? You know, where you're like, ah, yes, you know, this actually might fit. What was that like? Yes, I believe I had that moment at the end of my first year when I started uh, working with some Colombians. Uh, at the Latin American Caribbean Center. So I was a liaison officer with them. And I think getting to speak with people who are natives of that language, mm. like their mother tongue was Spanish, felt like something that I had been longing for for a very long time. So I felt at ease at home. And I said to myself in that moment, this is something I want to be doing with my life. I want to be in conversation with people who are uh, Spanish, who are Hispanic, or who are um, from French-speaking countries, that's what I said to myself. That was the light bulb moment that I had. That was when I, I said to myself, "Okay, there is something here for me, and this is what I want to do." 
Um, you mentioned that you did you did study abroad in Spain for a little bit. Um, what did you have that light bulb mo- moment before you applied to study abroad in Spain? Yes, or of you... course, definitely. Oh, okay. Uh, that uh, study abroad happened in my second year. So mm. my first year was when I had that light bulb moment. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I left you guys in my second year, second semester uh, to study at the University of Valladolid in Spain for uh, five months. Oh my God, that was like one of the best experiences ever. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be speaking about it right now. So I'll just uh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess you can. I guess it's part of the story, you know, because, um, you know, you're, you've studied this language in university and that's where it brought you to, you know, actual Spain. Um, to give some context about what our program is like, um, basically, UE works on, right for right now, uh, two semesters per year. Each semester is 13 weeks. Mm-hmm. And so in the within the language programs, within French and Spanish, you will have language courses and then you will have um, literature courses throughout your entire time at university. You will also have in the later years um, research courses, maybe. You'll have the chance to, um, for French, we had the chance to study um, business French. So you basically do a specialization course in um, very particular like vocabulary and like the nuances, um, the cultural nuances of certain spaces within um, France, in my case. And then I guess perhaps Roshane would, would have been exposed to other um, types of courses like that in Spanish as well. Definitely. Definitely. Right. Um, so that is, so is, it's kind of... All right. So I will say f- personally that um, I think that the business French thing in the end, was probably the most valuable thing I got out of that course. Not the most valuable. I, w- I wouldn't say that definitively because um, French literature has actually greatly impacted my own research for literature even today. Um, like I quote a lot of French philosophers. Anyway, but that's not that's besides the point. Um <laughs> But that French business degree, like almost every time I take up my fingers to write an email or even like applying to um grad school in France and stuff like that, I think, oh my gosh, I came into French business thinking that this was going to be a waste of time. I wanted to do international relations in French because for some reason I thought that would be useful to my life, you know. But then, no man, this business French thing is really the big deal. Um, so um, I guess my experience overall... I found things that I didn't expect to be beneficial were in the end beneficial. And then also, I really like the structure of it. I realized that as a language learner, um, I, I definitely like having a classroom, even though sometimes it can feel frustrating because, you know, the energy in a classroom can be so different. You know, there can be people who are more invested, people who are less invested and stuff. But I think having the structure of like even homework, even though I, I barely did it mm. <laughs> ever, right? Even the structure of homework or um, the structure of exams or having those set times with the teacher, like conversation class, you get an hour a week or whatever, and maybe you schedule some more. I liked having that. Um, that part of the experience I found a very valuable. Um, what did you in particular find valuable did we talk about that did we mention that in specifics or did you talk in general about the experience well i spoke in general maybe okay. uh, more specific seeing that i did spanish and you didn't <laughs> i'll <laughs> say something on the spanish side uh, okay. for me 
it was the uh, the structure too. So we had our literature courses and we also had our language. So I know there are different ways uh, of trying to learn a language. People have different ways, but I think the way our university did it was actually a pretty good one. Mm. I mean, you have to know literature to know uh, a bit about the culture yep. and about the people. Mm -hmm. It's not just the language because speaking, I mean, almost anybody can do that. But you need to know how to react in a, in a particular culture. And that's what mm. literature did for us. That's uh, such a good point. Yes. That's what literature did for us. And even for the film course that we did at the end for our research. Oh, that was the best course ever I did uh, in, my, in my major. That was the best course ever. We got to see how Latin America was deemed in let's say, the mid-1900s. Mm. It was um, a great moment for me. I learned about uh, different directors, uh, how they portrayed uh, the Latin American society, how people in other countries saw Latin Americans, uh, stuff like that. I mean, most of the Spanish speakers are from Latin America anyway, even though the mother country, as they say, for Spanish is Spain. But mm. uh, most of what we learned... Uh, was based on uh, Latin Americans. And that was very eye-opening. Uh, we learned about different accents, how the people spoke, uh, how the people reacted in uh, religious ways or stuff like that. It was just breathtaking. Like, looking back, I I'm saying to myself, this was a very good program. Yeah. I, I also appreciate um, our, our teachers a lot. Yes. Um, in general, I think that is kind of the deal you get with UE in that we, even though we're a very prestigious university and we <laughs> kind of rank, you know, internationally, um, we do have issues about resources sometimes mm -hmm. um, across the entire campus. So um, where you lack in resources, I think that you have fantastic teachers. You can find some really fantastic teachers in all departments. Um, for this literature department, I know personally, and then we have we had some great teachers in our French department, in our modern languages department as well. Um, next question I want to ask is: Have you ever studied language outside of the context of school? I'd say no. <laughs> mm. I, I mean, I use language outside of uh, outside of school, but studying language outside of school, I have a friend who does that. Uh, she keeps telling me that she does, but I never see myself doing that. Not that I don't want to, but it feels uh, a bit forced, a bit mm. uh, different. I don't want to be learning a language in a forceful way. I mean, immersion is kind of a forceful way, but you actually want it because you wouldn't be going to somebody's country if you don't want to learn their language. So immersion is a bit different from forcing yourself to um, mm -hmm. retain material outside of school. So I uh, prefer to not uh, do that outside of school. But speaking mm. and probably researching a few words, I'd say in a more relaxed manner, I do that. But... Mm. Mm not outside of the context of school with the heavy studying and uh oh this is used for this no not for me this is where this is where you and i differ in that i actually find a lot of joy in doing self-study um and that's kind of like a big part of our community here in Gladi global so this is not me like you know 
telling you you're wrong or anything because obviously people have different experiences. Mm-hmm. We mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually like the idea of um, of kind of dedicating yourself to a skill or a craft in, in a sense um, in that way. And I find it very interesting because in the study community, um, you'll find a lot of talk about immersion. Immersion is a big goal for a lot of people because, you know, you know, they have the, the people that are like, oh, if you're immersed, you can learn a language in like a week, which is like, you know, come on, be realistic about, I have, I have some balance <laughs> about things, but also, you know, the people mark it as, you know, that's really that space where you get your, I don't know, this is a really bad analogy. I've never been on a boat literally, but you get your sea legs, right? You get your sea legs. So you can kind of grow into fluency, grow into the culture grow into um how to think in the language and so on right so to hear you talk about it separate from from actually actively studying is very interesting for me um what I, I, now you move you lived in um spain for five months when you were studying and now you're currently based in france you've just gotten back and you're planning to go back in september or october um would you call that living in these different spaces would you call that as a sort of learning in itself or is that just living for you like are you conscious of yourself growing as a a language learner in this, these spaces after um school yes I, I i deem it as a form of learning but also living so i say part living part learning because for me i i don't go to france to learn that's not my my goal actually it's one of the things that happen but uh if i were to say oh i'm going to france to learn french i would be lying so yeah i go there to live to work and then the learning takes place because of course you have to communicate in that language in mm. the french language you have to speak to your uh, teachers, the students that you're teaching. You have to um, speak with them. So I believe that it's part learning, part living, part working. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a holistic uh, thing when you look at it. It's not just one. Holistic is a good word. It's not just one thing as in learning. That's not what we do there. I, and, you know, I, I really I really resonate with that as well. Because I think that that is that that is kind of what is missing. We 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 talk about um, immersion as I mentioned. Immersion is kind of like a big uh, goal for a lot of people. But really and truly, what that's supposed to be about is learning to live in the language. Yeah. Right. So not so switching your brain from oh I'm gonna go study now. I'm gonna take my pen and paper and open a book right now and actually think, breathe, and live in the language. And um, just to interject, I, th- I think when you do that, like take a paper and a pen when you're living in a country, I think that's what makes you probably stuck because you're forcing yourself and your brain is like, okay, you're forcing me to retain this information. I don't want to. But when you live and you freely hear expressions mm. and you like go to a shop, say something, that's when you're more free to take on more information and to be able to speak more freely. Mm. That kind that that's, that kind of freaks me out. I realized. Um, I I'm I'm not uh not I'm not naturally gifted at um speaking in like you know like 
I have like friends who are very quick to catch on to things or even to absorb from the environment. But I think that's why I tend to overthink things. So I end up, I'm very good at the book stuff. So I can, I'm very good at the literature, the, you know, and, you know, the mm-hmm. writing and stuff like that. But speaking trips me up. Um, and sometimes listening, you know, as an extension of, you know, conversation and interactions. Because I'm thinking, you know, I, I haven't gotten the hang of living quite wholly in the language so when i talk to someone the first thing that comes to my mind might not necessarily be a thought but might but be a stock phrase because i've just thought of the thoughts i want to say but then i don't have the vocabulary and i'm like ah so that kind of was one of my goals i actually had um when i was going to france i'm not that i was saying oh i'm going to france to learn french but i was trying to get into the mode of living more freely with the language and you know to chat like how i would chat in english with you we're catching up you know how have you been um how's your cat tell me about the cat oh that's (laughs) such a funny story about the cat you know um and i think i i improved i definitely improved but of course with covid it was kind of difficult to actually have that much you know that that much people to interact with. i agree Mm -hmm. i agree with that because uh you didn't get to leave your apartment that much because uh lockdown uh i'm thinking of the french word right now curfews yeah so lockdowns curfews (laughs) (laughs) right exactly um so it was it was it was weird. So in a in a way, it felt like I actually had not stepped out of the self studying mode, um, or or the studying mode in general. Um, we started this 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 tangent with me asking about you studying, like you know, self study versus or you know, studying outside of school. I felt like I almost kind of stayed within that space because I I I wanted very badly to, um to make the most of my time in France in that way. I wanted to, um, I wanted to improve in the areas that I felt I was lacking in. And so I actually set up a little regiment for myself, um, partly as part of, um, Gladi Global, we have accountability meetings, basically where our language coaches will, um, when we meet, we talk about our goals for the week or in studying or whatever, or our goals for the month or however long we want to discuss for. Um, and then our coaches will help give us feedback. We can, you know, give feedback to each other and so on. So I, I kind of dived into that. I was very happy to dive into that because it kind of gave me that sense of structure from school, right? Um, and so I feel like in that way, things kind of mixed. Um, so even as I'm thinking of trying to compare the university experience to those experiences, mm-hmm. um, they're, they become very similar in that way. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, moving on from talking about that, uh, advantages and disadvantages of doing a language in university. I, I don't think there are disadvantages actually. (laughs) (gasps) No disadvantages. Unless, unless you want to do, unless you want to do medicine and, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and you get, I don't know, but. I don't think there are disadvantages, in my opinion, after oh. having been through that. There are many advantages, especially uh, as it relates to traveling abroad. <gasps> That's one of the main advantages that I've um, come across. Okay, that is a that is a very big advantage. Yes, it is. Um, damn, interesting. The first I had was, of course, uh, in the second year, second semester, 
of my second year at university, I was able to go on this Erasmus study abroad uh, program. It was Erasmus Plus. I think it was organized by the European Union. So I was placed, as I said, in the University of Valladolid. I was there for five months. I actually was in Spain for six months, but I studied for five months. Um, they gave you a stipend, so you get like 4,000 euros for five months, which is very good living. You get 800 euros per month. That's a lot of wow. money. That's a lot of money to live with. Uh, of course, you, you pay your rent and whatever you wanted out of that. Uh, that was beautiful. You, I, I got to speak more because going there, I mean, I was okay, but... After going there, I felt uh, better prepared for the world of Spanish. I was able to listen more Spanish, understand more Spanish, speak more Spanish. So I think that was one of the best uh, opportunities. And with that, I was able to travel. So I wasn't just able to go to one country. I ended up going to several uh, different European countries. I was actually in France Wow. Uh, that time so this mm-hmm. is that was my second time last year was my second time in france the first time was when i was uh in Valladolid. amazing so there are numerous opportunities that you can get while studying a language and that's just one of them russian is a traveler people he's a traveler yes <laughs> yeah that's that, that that is really the big advantage you really open up the um spaces for you even right now um I, you know, looking at grad school, because I always intended to go to grad school, but I took the year off to do the French program, um, the TAPIF program um, that we went on. That's how we um, ended up going to France. Um, if you want more information on that, um, head to our Discord server and, you know, participate. Tell us what you want to know and we'll let you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, continuing from that. What was I saying? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Being able to travel, having those opportunities, um, that, that's a really big draw. Um, and university is is um is it puts you in a prime space to take advantage of these advantages <laughs> I should say because one um you're not a minor you're most likely an adult if you're in university and then two universities have connections with whether it be other universities or or, or governments and so you can get funding or you can get assistance so yes. for our program we didn't exactly we didn't receive funding for our program but we got a lot of assistance we had people who you could ask um who were familiar with the program who was able who were able to um guide us through the process you get a lot of support in that way um all while you know doing your regular studies and stuff and you're interacting with other people who um and be able to network a lot easier within the university framework i will say though i do have disadvantages for university studying um one of them is that and this is partially because of, I think, the structure of, you know, the semester system right now at UWE. And um, this is the kind of similar for a lot of colleges around the world. But I feel like, in a way, because things have become so truncated, school becomes less about learning and more about getting the grade. Yeah. And, get it, or, and having it on the resume or whatever to mm-hmm. do whatever else with it. I feel like um, in a lot of ways, the structure of not only the language courses, but other courses isn't enough for people to actually have a full grasp and appreciation of the material they're working with. And that will, in the end, also affect um, uh, morale in class and so on. So 
I think it's a beautiful thing to, you know, and I say, oh, that sounds so trite. Oh. It's a beautiful thing, right, to be in a class of people who are there to study a language. Um, it becomes a bit more frustrating when you realize that the goals are kind of, um, the goals are not the same. Like, there are people who are not there to learn the language. And I'm not, you know, being, like, I'm not talking down on them or anything like that. But, for example... For a university to put um, as a first year requirement that people should have to do a language language um, requirement, right? Sure, some people start the program and they fall in love with the language. But a lot more people, I think, kind of just do it. And the entire time they're like, oh, I just got to get this out of the way. I just got to <laughs> get this out of the way. And so I think that that is, um, that's a bad association. I don't like that association with um, language learning and learning in general. Um and so I th- I would say that's a disadvantage how things are kind of structured I can put you off of languages as well. And then another disadvantage is which is not really a disadvantage but just in the grand scheme of things it co- kind of was kind of sucky to deal with. Languages take up a lot of time. And it took up a lot of university um space for me as well. <laughs> Perspective everyone knows that you're supposed to like be studying like a lot of hours of you know in order to you know master anything yes mm-hmm. I, in in um on first year orientation at university of the west indies they were like ah oh, f- you know each course is 3 hours per week right and so you're supposed to be doing 15 hours of class per week and so you can do you can get a part time job or whatever you're you're like yeah 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 that sounds so nice 15 hours of school man that's amazing and then you find out that the language program, any language course, is literally at least 10 hours a week for beginners. Right? And so that's a lot of time right there. So instead of having 15 hours per week, you're like heading up to 20 odd hours per week of studying. And so that also, um, the, I wish there were tra- more transparency around that as well. And again, that goes back to my issue with the, the structure and stuff. Yeah. And not to mention, not to mention, there are four skills that you have to master. So it's not just, mm. oh, I need to speak Spanish, so let me just go practice some speaking. Yes. There's speaking, there's listening, there's reading, and there's writing. There are four of them that you must pay equal attention to. Because if not, then you probably will be strong in uh, maybe listening, and then you can't speak properly. So oh, yes. there, there's a lot to study and a lot of time needs to be devoted to a language while studying a language. Right. So all those who are considering um, studying a language in school, in high school even, um, and in university, take that into consideration. Not as a deterrent, not to say, hey, don't do this because, but just understand that it will take a commitment um but it's not necessarily a bad thing because again the advantages can be so fantastic i know people who like have gotten jobs just from you know being being fluent in a language and out, even outside of the job world you know your opportunities just kind of open up um currently i am applying um to do my master's in france at a public university which is way cheaper than <laughs> in the u.s way cheaper than Canada, way cheaper than even in Jamaica, mm-hmm. right? And Jamaica has a pretty good, um, you know, fee and, you know, government subsidy pro- program for university courses. So um, I wouldn't be able to access something like that if I had not done uni- um, French at a university level at all. 
Um, so there's definitely a lot to consider in that way. Anything else you can think about, Roshane? Yeah, Advantages, I, disadvantages? I also have friends who would have gone to Spain with me. And because Spain is on the resume, then this would have helped them to land the job that they wanted. Mm. So that's very good. Like uh, knowing that you would have gone to a, a Spanish university, knowing that you were in Spain, in Europe, of course then people want to hire because they know that you have uh, different cultural experiences. It's not that you are stuck to your own culture. Uh, you don't only have a Jamaican culture inside your mind. You've been to other countries. You've explored a bit. And so they know that you have uh, something new to bring to the table. And that's what companies look for when they're hiring uh, employees. So that was a good thing to have on your resume. Yeah. Also, I think that another advantage is that you can live a different life. Um, and this is what I mean by that. Earlier, Roshane, you had mentioned that you did French and Spanish as like, you know, kind of like a backup. And you, were, you knew that, you know, they told you you could be a translator, you could be a teacher or whatever, but you weren't really expecting much from mm -hmm. it. But the truth of the matter is um, that we don't think about because I feel like maybe we're scared or we're unable to imagine ourselves living differently from how we grew up or, you know, our dominant culture, especially a dominant Anglophone culture. Mm -hmm. But you can just live your exact life, but in France. Yes. So if you are a graphic designer here in wherever country you are in, if you learn another language, you learn it well enough and you learn about the different cultures and industries, you could also be a graphic designer in another country. You could you could live a, a thousand different lives just from mm -hmm. the languages that you know. Um, so in uh, taking it out of like um, uh, a job perspective, just existing kind of, you, you have more space, I think, or you can exist in a space more comfortably because communication, I think... Um, being able to communicate with our environment and the people around us, I feel like that is a very big part of um, how we lead our lives and how we imagine we can lead our lives. Yeah, and it's also a good form of escape. Say, for example, I don't know, you're tired of your own culture. You're tired of your society that you're living in. You don't think that you belong in that place. Uh, a language, learning a language could actually open a door for you to enter into another country where you might feel more accepted for who you are. Uh, you might just feel more at home, more at ease to do whatever you want in that country and in that culture. Um, and actually, I want to double back for a little bit because I, I think we have another question um, that I wanted to cover from our um, Discord server. Um, if you want to join our Gladi Global Discord server, by the way, you can uh, check our social media. Um, we have links to it there. Our social media handles are at Gladly Global on Twitter, um, at Gladly Global underscore on Instagram, and then also um, Gladly Global has a quarterly magazine, uh, the Polyglot magazine. Um, you can head to our Kofi page, Coffee page however you pronounce that page, to check it out. Um, and you can also follow our Instagram account for the magazine, the poly, at the Polyglot Magazine. Sorry, at the Polyglot Mag. Um, but yes, um, another question that we had was a difference between studying languages, um, high school versus university. Did you feel a big jump when you made the switch, Roshane? But of course, there's nothing. Uh, <laughs> I I wouldn't say there's nothing similar because of course you have the four skills that you need to work on. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, high school was very simple. 
uh, it was so easy to get uh, uh, an A plus and 98 and 96. It was so easy to get that in, in high school. Uh, I don't know. I think it, high school is a bit uh, repetitive. Mm. So you might see the same things over and over and over again. So there's no evolution Maybe, mm. I mean, you're learning, but you're learning what you already know, which is probably not learning. But I mean, it set a good foundation for university. But in university, it's more uh, rigorous, I would say. You get to explore other areas of uh, of learning, different styles of learning. Uh, all new materials are presented and yeah it, it was a big jump for me it was uh, very different i i told you about the french uh, literature class that i had to like yeah. just give up on uh, french literature for that time <laughs> because of how it felt to me but in in high school french was very easy uh i'm not sure why the exams were that easy at that level but it didn't really um, match up to what we did in university. It's a good foundation, though. Not going to say that that's not a good foundation. But just mm. that it doesn't compare to what you do at university. All right, everyone. Expect the jump. Expect the jump. Yeah, as it relates to difficulty. Mm. Yeah. Again, I coasted. I feel like I coasted through high school languages. <laughs> so it definitely was a big difference. But also, in a way, not. Um, the, I shadowed some of the intermediate classes when I first um, started French at UWE. And I was, it was very high school-esque in that um, I realized, I, it became more transparent to me how focused on building blocks those courses were in high school, right? Um, it's really about, it was really just about the building blocks, um, which again makes it a good foundation, as you mentioned, Roshane. So in that way, if you're starting from absolute scratch at a university uh, level, um, our course um, at UWE, they, ha they had it so that you could do it in um, like, you know, take your time and do it semester by semester. Or you can do crash courses, you know, whichever suits you better. But yes, expect the jump. <laughs> there is definitely a jump. There is a jump. Um, next thing, do you have any regrets from doing languages in university? No, I, I, I mean, I, I started languages as a last resort, but looking back, no, I don't regret doing that. And if I were to do it again, I would choose Spanish and French, maybe this time a double major. I've <laughs> been to uh, places I didn't think I was going to be ever but with uh, these languages, I was able to go there. I was able to live experiences of a lifetime uh, because of these languages. So no regrets, actually. I would definitely recommend uh, doing Spanish and French, Chinese, Japanese, uh, mm. uh, whichever language you choose, Korean, as you said. Uh, yeah, whatever language you want to do, do it. Do not let uh, the people around you say, oh... You're not going to be uh, successful because languages are not in fashion. Uh, you have mm. to do medicine. You have to do um, engineering. No. Preach! You can do whatever you want to do uh, with your languages. Very inspiring. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. <laughs> um, do I have any regrets? No. I think I'm the same as you. I think I, I feel like I've also kind of 
not grown out of, but I try not to look at my life in from that perspective of, you know, looking for regrets in that sense, in that everything is an experience, right? So there are experiences that are not savory, really. But I feel like, especially within the, the context of something like university, you know, you do you do so much in university or you're allowed to do so much. You can choose courses, electives, all sorts of stuff. Um, I think that it was really a really good use of my time. So no regrets there. It might have been hard at some points. At some points, I might have thought that I regretted it. But um, overall, I, I definitely grew a lot more than I could have suffered um, in that program. Definitely. I regret not having chosen uh, French as a major. That's what I regret. <laughs> You're living in France now, so I think that that trumps it, you know? <laughs> just do just do your, your DELF exam and then just go. That's it. You don't need a degree. You just need the DELF exam. <laughs> Would you recommend? I think that we kind of, you know, covered this one, but I'll just ask it anyway. Would you recommend languages in university? 100%. 100%. I mean, uh, the world that we're living in, it is very important that you have a second or a third language. Uh, if you only have English, that's not going to cut it. If you only have Spanish, that's not going to cut it. You need at least uh, two languages to be able to survive in this world that we're cultivating for ourselves. Uh, there's no, There's no way I think that... If you are uh, only speaking one language, you're going to be able to survive in this world. Maybe you're going to be stuck or confined to your country and not be able to experience uh, other experiences that there are in the world. Because there's not only your culture, but other cultures to experience, other lives to live, as Cody said before. Um, yeah, and people to meet, of course. <laughs> Yeah, nice, nice, nice. I also would recommend. You've said it all, Roshane. Um, thank you so much for joining me for this little polyglot chat. I'm not a polyglot yet, but you know, polyglot chat. Um, we actually that's actually one of our other series. Let me not you know um fuzz that up a bit. But yes, thank you for joining me for today. Um, thanks for listening. If you're listening to our podcast, um. Again, you can participate in our Discord server um, to help choose what topics we talk about in all our content. Um, so feel free to participate there. Um, Roshane, do you have any socials that you like people to follow you at or anything like that? Yes, definitely. You can follow me on Instagram at Saint-Jean, which is S-A-I-N-T-J-E-A-N underscore are you right 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 um you can follow me on instagram as well at cody underscore blaine k-o-d-i underscore b-l-a-i-n-e you can also follow me on twitter you can find my twitter from my instagram if you're that invested um <laughs> yeah i'm a bit that yeah that's not that's kind of like after hours i mean it's, it's kind of crazy over there anyway um <laughs> and you can also again follow gladly global on our socials at gladly global on twitter at gladly global on, underscore on instagram at the polyglot magazine and make sure to check out the growth issue our most recent issue of the magazine on kofi or kofi however you pronounce that anyway um I hope you have a good day wherever you are. I hope the sun is shining or hope it's a nice weather that you like. Um, <laughs> hope you have some tea beside you. Stay hydrated um, and enjoy your summer. All right. Bye-bye. Goodbye.